the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. We started last weekend by talking about the power, the importance of relationships and how they're so valuable in your life and how your life is, is really formed by the people that are around you. And early on in life, you don't have much choice about the people that are around you. You kind of get stuck with whoever's there, whoever you're in, in school with or whoever you're, you have in your family, your extended family. And so you're not making lots of choices about relationships. But the older you get, the more opportunity you have to actually make choices about who will be in your life and who will not be in your life. And it's always important to remember that whoever is in your life, whether you realize it or not, they are shaping your life, that they're having an impact upon you. In fact, it's been said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that's really true. If we take a look at whose friends, who, 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 the, who the folks are that are around you, they're shaping you far more than you realize. And so I think a lot of people go through life very passively just sort of making friendships with whoever happens to be there. And so they never take much time to proactively think about, about who, do, who, who do I need to pursue in terms of friendships? What does this need to look like in my life? And they're never proactive in their choice of friends. And so I, I wanted to do this series of messages, and the title of it, Whose Friend Are You? And it's really not so much about, uh, about the friendships that, that you are going after. It's about who you are as a person, because who you are as a person will affect the kind of people that you surround yourself with. And so I'm talking to you about really who you are. How do you filter your friends primarily on the basis of who you are as a person, who you are as an individual? Because who you are attracts who's around you. I tell you, it's very important. And we talked last weekend about getting grounded and the importance of having certain kind of grounding points in your life because you've established certain things that are just basically no compromise zones. You've established your value system, who you are. You know who you are in Christ. You know what you're going after, what your values are, all those things we talked about last week. And I would encourage you, if you missed that message, to go back and actually uh, listen to it again. It's free on the website for you to take note of. But we talked about the importance of getting grounded. But I want to talk now, we're going to kind of turn a corner from that getting grounded to talk about some actual skills that are needed, some attitudes that need to be in your life if you're going to attract the right people. Because you can be grounded and still be a jerk. You can be grounded and still be the kind of... I've known a lot of people who are well grounded. They believed in the Bible. They believed in Jesus. But they weren't very nice people, okay? And have you ever met any unnice Christians? Don't look at the person beside you right now, okay? <laughs> Ever met someone before? They, they had all the right beliefs and all the right values, but the way they lived their life, the way they communicated, the way they dealt with people, it really wasn't something that you really wanted to be. They just weren't nice. 
So it's not enough just to get grounded in the right kind of values and beliefs. It's really important if you're going to please God and if you're going to actually uh, attract the right kind of people to your life that you have to learn how to be nice. Because we talked last weekend about making sure you get the right people in the car with you. Remember we talked about that, right? Getting the right people in the car with you. But, but it's important that if you get the right people in the car with you that you're not a difficult person in that car. That you're not like, have you ever gone on a trip with a difficult person before? I mean, they, they, I mean every, nothing makes them happy, and, and you know, they've got to only stop at certain places, and they have to, you know, and, and everything's on their agenda, and so it's, you're traveling through life with people, and so hopefully by your grounding, you're attracting the right people, but you'll never keep the right people in the car with you if you're not nice. Why don't you turn to that friend through your mask right now and say, be nice. Just say, be nice, okay? Be nice. And so I want to talk about being nice. Listen to this passage that it says in Proverbs. Chapter 18, verse 24. A man who has friends must himself be what? Friendly, okay? Let me give you another word for that. Are you ready? Nice, Okay. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And what is his name? Jesus. Do you know that Jesus is nice? Jesus is nice. Ask the adulterous woman that came to him being cast down by the Pharisees. She found out Jesus is nice. Ask Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, who is crying out for healing on the roadside, and Jesus comes along and heals him. He discovered Jesus is really nice and asked the man at the pool of Bethesda who had been sick for 38 years. And Jesus said, you want to get well? And he finds a ceiling. Jesus is nice. And so if we're going to be like Jesus, we have to be friendly. We have to be, say it with me again, nice. We have to learn how to be nice. And part of being nice is the word that I want to introduce to you this weekend. And that is the word consideration or being considerate. Would you say that word with me? Be considerate. I don't think I've ever met a person in life that was more considerate than my mom. My mom was the kind of person who was always thinking about other people, always thinking about how her words were going to impact other people. She was a great diplomat. She knew how to form her words in such a way to communicate her point without necessarily doing it in an angry way or an irritated way. And not to say that she was perfect, but I I rarely remember points of times in her life that she raised her voice or she was in any way agitated, but she, she knew how to get her point across, but she lived with a spirit of consideration. And the word consideration means that you consider, you think about how your actions and your words and your attitudes are actually impacting others. Do you know how few people ever go through life thinking about how their actions or how their words or how their, how, how their attitudes impact other people. We live in a culture that is void of consideration. It is void of thinking about the impact. We live in a very inconsiderate world, very inconsiderate world. And the Bible is really big on consideration. It's very big on thinking about how we're impacting others. Here's some verses. Philippians 4, verse 5, let everyone see that you are unselfish and what else? Considerate in all you do. Remember that the Lord is coming soon. So we're, 
we're, we're, we're challenged with this passage. Notice what it says here in Titus 3, verse 2. And remind them to never tear down anyone with their words or quarrel, but instead be considerate, hum, humble, and courteous to everyone. Take a look at this one. 1 Peter 3, verse 7. This is for the husbands in the, in the room. And so all the wives get ready to get your elbows out. Are you ready for this? Okay. Husbands in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Ladies, can I ask you, would your, would your home be better if your husband was a little more considerate? Oh, we got some amens on that one, okay? And could I, I think we can fairly do so. Men, would your household be a little better if you had a little more consideration from your wife. Amen? Okay. Are you seeing this is extremely, extremely important? Take a look at what the Bible says about love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. I think we could put all those descriptions of love under one word, and that word would be consideration. First of all, does everybody understand what consideration means, right? You're being considered. You think about your impact on other people, that you slow down enough to say, what are my words going to do to this person? What are my actions going to do to this person? What are my attitudes going to do to this person? Not about me, but about them, okay? I'm considering this. And again, this is in so many ways a description, I believe, of my mom. Number one, the first thing that consideration involves is you got to learn to treat people respectfully. Respect is communicated by the way you treat someone, by the way that you speak to someone. And all of us kind of know in our own life when we're being treated respectfully and when we're being treated disrespectfully. Because a respectful person treats every other human being, not just the people they like and not just the people they're close to. They treat everybody with dignity and worth. I think you would agree with me that in the sight of God, every human being has dignity and worth and has a right to be treated, an appropriate uh, expectation to be treated with dignity and worth, no matter who they are, and to, to, to really be respectful of their possessions and respectful of their time and respectful of their position and respectful of their feelings. And in our world today, we live in such a disrespect society that we don't treat people with dignity and worth oftentimes, and we don't take time to consider the, 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 the possessions of another person, the time of another person, the position of another person, the feelings of, of another person. I was having a conversation with someone this week, and we were talking about the good old days, if you will. In the good old days, when I was a little kid, I never called an adult by their first name. My mom taught me, no, this is Mr. Smith or Mrs. Smith, and this was something that was, was reared into me. I understood that that was the expectation. Why? Not because it was just trying to be formal. It was because it was an element of respect to the elders, an element of respect to those who have gone before you, and so we've lost so much of that. And I'm not saying that that has to be resurrected, but what I'm saying, the attitude needs to be resurrected. Would you agree? 
Disrespect is a horrible thing in our world today. And so when you are a considerate person, you treat people how? Respectfully. Let's go to the next one. The second thing. This is like, this is like 101 stuff here, okay? But, you know, sometimes in, in, in the world we need some 101 stuff. Is that correct? Okay. Read the second one with me. What does a considerate person do? They practice what? Good manners. My goodness, we have lost that capacity in our world today to just basically have some good manners, to simply be polite to the people around us. What does it mean to be polite? Let me go back to the 101. It means you say things like please and thank you. Okay. I'm amazed how I will often go into a store nowadays and, and I go to pay for something and I'm actually giving them money for the product that I'm receiving and often I have to tell them thank you for selling that to me. Instead of thank you for buying it, I'm having to thank them for selling it to me. You very seldom hear someone take the initiative to communicate the thank you or the please. And this is especially true for all of our families. See, our families would be so much better that if in the context of our homes and environments, we still use please, would you please help me with this? Or thank you for doing that. And when you use that as a husband or a wife or with your children, it has high value. It builds something into the relationship. It's it's responding positively when, when you're spoken to so that when somebody speaks to you, you're actually looking at them. and there's a politeness to the conversation, sharing when other people are present. You don't eat a hamburger when somebody else has no food. That's being polite, right? These are basic things, but it's called consideration. And we have to learn these valuable lessons in life because this is the kind of stuff that will make or break a relationship. This is the kind of stuff that makes your car a nice place to be or not so nice place to be. Are, Are you with me? My mom taught me good manners. My mom taught me the value of being polite and the value of just treating people in a polite way and it's so valuable in Scripture as well. The third thing that we see is that to be a nice person as Jesus calls us to be, as you and I have to be secure in our identity. We talked about that last weekend. That's going to come back time and time again throughout this series because it's so important because Only when you're secure in yourself can you make space for somebody else. Let me say that again. Only when you're secure in yourself are you able to make space for somebody else. Insecure people, generally speaking, when they're in a conversation, they hog the conversation. They focus on themselves. If you're in a conversation with someone who is insecure, you're going to hear three words, I, me, and my. In fact, I would encourage you the next time you're in a conversation with someone just to monitor how many times you say, I, 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 me, me, my, my, me. It's all about you, see? Why? Because often you're trying to attract attention to yourself, and so there's no space given for what's going on in the other person's life. And so it's so valuable to be secure in yourself and bring other people into your world. See, considerate people have what I would call relational peripheral vision, That relationship, they're able to see other people around them and bring them into the circle. Instead of excluding people, they include people. Have you ever been in a room before and you were, maybe it was a a room that you were not familiar with the people there and and it seemed like somebody in the room cared enough about you to bring you into the group? 
Or there were others around there that could have cared less whether you were there or not, and they kind of excluded you from the group. See, there's a huge difference that you feel in your experience when someone is is really including you and bringing you in. That's called consideration. It's called, I'm thinking about you. I'm not just thinking about myself. My mom taught me the value of bringing other people into our world and to not just lace my conversations with I and me and my and all about me and everybody look at me and nobody else can talk or let me tell you what's the greatest thing in my life. No, it's finding out. It's asking questions. It's learning something about someone else. It's being secure enough in yourself where you can make space for other people. Can I get an amen right there? Okay. Number four. Anybody learning anything this weekend? Here we go. Number four. If you're going to be considerate, you've got to study people. You got to study people. If you're going to be considerate, which the Bible tells us to be, right? Did we not read that a few moments ago, right? Everybody saw those verses on the screen, right? So we're not talking about something non biblical. We're talking about something biblical that we're called to be considerate. And so if you're going to be considerate, here's a brilliant thought for you. If you're going to be considerate, you have to consider, right? And consider means that you actually apply yourself, you do some thinking, okay? And part of thinking means that you do some studying, that you need to study people. You need to study something about people in general, how do people behave, and what can I learn about people? That should be an ongoing pattern of your entire life. And what more can I learn about people, but not just people in general, but primarily the people in your world? Because you are, if you're going to be considerate to your husband, if you're going to be considerate to your wife, if you're going to be considerate to your friends, if you're going to be considerate to your office mate at work, if you're going to be considerate to your children, children, if you're going to be considerate toward your parents, you have to study them to know what will help and bless them, correct? So how do you know something about someone? You only know it if you study them. And what I mean by studying them is to answer some questions about the people in your world. That's, do you really know what makes them happy? Do you know what hurts their feelings? Do you know what fills their emotional tanks? Do you understand what drains their emotional tank? Do you understand uh, what experiences may have impacted them in their life so that they may react in certain ways in certain situations that might seem a little unusual? but you understand why because you know where they came from you know something about them so that's called studying people can I learn something about you that will tell me what makes you happy and what is something that is a blessing in your life what 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 I might do that could hurt your feelings in that area of sensitivity of your life what can I do that will fill up your emotional tank what do I do that might drain your emotional tank what, what what's what's your life been like so I understand where you came from I've studied you enough to know something about you so that when I'm interacting with you, that those are the filters that I'm using in my life. I'm using them in a way that's toward your benefit and toward your good. You have to be a student to someone. Now, how do you become a student of people? I'm going to give you three words. You may want to write these down somewhere. You have to watch. Very simple. You have to listen. And you have to then note. You watch people that are around you. Let me watch them. Let me see what happens when 
this occurs in their life. I'm observing them. I'm paying attention to them. And then I'm listening because they're going to give me some information when, when they're talking that will help me to get to know them a little bit better and to know the things that fill their emotional tanks and the things that maybe drain their emotional tanks. And then I have to remember it. I have to note it. I have to fill, create a file. See, I want you to think like this. Every key person in your life, every key person in your life, you should have a mental file for them. In that mental file, you say, okay, this is so-and-so. And in that file, this is what I've watched. This is what I've learned. This is what I've observed. This is what I know about this person based upon what I understand their emotional needs are. And so, whoop, I meet, I'm, I'm interacting with them. Whoop, out comes that file. I'm, I have a file system that I've learned about that person. I go to another person. I've gained a file about them. Why? Because I'm learning about you. I'm learning something about who you are and learning how to better relate to you based upon the needs in your own life. And so you have to be a student of people. Number five, the fifth thing that makes us considerate is to anticipate needs of other people. Have you ever been, I'm sure you have, been to a restaurant uh, and ordered your meal and you had maybe coffee or tea or a soft drink or something and, and, uh, and, and you start with a full glass and it seems like the server goes away and never returns, right? You ever been in that situation before? Okay. Like that you're just you're in you're never never land right now. They don't even remember that you're there, okay? So there you are trying to have your meal and you need a refill of your of your iced tea or whatever it might be. You need a real refill of and there's there's no attention being given to you. No attention to the needs in your life. And then on the opposite side there are times that you just can't seem to to get the iced tea glass past half full because that waiter that server is right there to take care of you. Do you notice the difference in the feeling? What do you feel when you're having to scramble around for the server to say, where are you? Can I get a glass of iced tea? Is it okay if I pour it myself? Whatever, what, you know, what can I do here? You're scrambling around to try to get the attention. And then on the other side, what peaceful environment is created and what a blessed environment is created when someone is attending to your needs. Guys, I'll talk to you specifically. This is certainly applicable to ladies as well. But have you ever been in a situation where you're working on something you're using some tools and you had a helper there with you and it seemed as though about the time that you were going to need that screwdriver your helper already had the screwdriver handing it to you and it was right there already before you even asked it was there for you it was an anticipation of needs it was attentiveness to needs it was an anticipation of what was going to be needed it was so valuable that comes by consideration consideration means you're thinking about other people did you know that God is an anticipatory God. Did you know that? I'm going to prove it to you. Look at Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24. Listen to what it says. I will answer them. What's this word here? Before they even call to me. You ever had God answer a prayer before he even prayed it? I've had lots of those moments. I step back, my goodness, I was getting ready to pray about that, and there's the answer already. Why? Because God anticipated what the need is. I will answer them before they even call to me. While they're still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. Aren't you glad you serve a God like that? Now, think about it for a moment. To serve a God like this, an anticipatory God, to be godly means that we become like Him. We anticipate the needs of others. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ 
to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now. And it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.